0: Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to have this meeting. Thank you for how far you have helped us in our study on the book of Haggai. We thank you, Almighty and everlasting God, for what you are yet to do today. And we ask that, Lord, you speak to us continually. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So far, we have seen that the... Latter Temple refers to Zerubbabel's temple, the body of Jesus Christ, our resurrected bodies, and our eternal abode with God. We have also seen that it will indeed be glorious and greater than anything we have experienced in our lives. Now we want to examine the promise and assertion of God that He will give peace in this place. God said in the second part of Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, And in this place I will give peace. This place is the latter temple. In a historical sense, it's talking about Zerubbabel's temple. But in a spiritual sense, it could be Christ's body our resurrected bodies and even heaven. Then when we look at the word peace, we find that the word peace in the Old Testament is called Shalom and in the New Testament is called Irene, which is Greek. And that word peace means tranquility or rest. It also means prosperity and it means good health. In the New Testament, it actually means more than these three things. It means the absence of conflict, worry, trouble, anxiety, and so on. It means material and spiritual prosperity or well-being. And it means a state of no sickness, no pain, no sorrow, nothing. The kind of peace that the Bible is speaking about here can only come from Jesus Christ. So God was not only telling Zerubbabel that, he will give them peace in that temple. But he's telling us that he's going to give us peace and that this peace for us is going to come through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 18, Ephesians 2, 13 to 18, the Bible reads, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him, We both have access by one spirit to the Father. Amen. So when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he made peace between us and the Jews. He removed the requirements of the law, which said that we had to be circumcised before we could be part of the family of God. He removed everything that was a barrier that did not allow the Gentiles to come to God. And so the Gentiles and the Jews are now a part of the body of Christ provided they are born again, they are part of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible says, By one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Not only has he made peace between us, the Gentiles, and the Jews, he has also made peace between all human beings and God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ has reconciled us to God. Within our hearts, we had that fear of God. We had the enmity. There was a conflict between us and God before Christ came. But after Christ came through his cross, he created peace in a man and God. So what we have is a situation in which internally we have peace with God and externally we have peace with all other men. So while God promised the Jews of Zerubbabel's day a cessation of the problems they were having with the people in their area, whilst promising them material prosperity and good health, God promises us, you and I, a cessation of internal and external conflicts. That is, there will be peace between us and God and there will be peace between us and other people. He also promises us spiritual Prosperity or well being in this present age. And in the future, He promises us an end to all health related issues. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sickness, and so on and so forth, like we saw last week. Essentially, God is promising us a state of rest. But if we are to get into this state of rest now and in the future, we must be in Christ. We cannot be outside of Christ and expect to enjoy the peace that God has promised us. That's why when the Lord Jesus Christ came, he said in Matthew chapter eleven, twenty-eight 28 to 30, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we are going to have rest We must go to Jesus. We cannot have this rest by just going to church or by just reading the Bible. There are people who are reading the Bible. There are people who are attending church meetings and they have no rest. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that God swore in his anger that the children of Israel will not enter his rest. They could not enter his rest because they did not believe God. They could not enter the rest of God because they disobeyed God's instructions. They could not enter into the rest of God because they were unwilling to accept the word of God. But today, the promise that we will enter into the rest of God still remains. And the rest of God is the cessation of the labors of men. That means we stop struggling. We stop fighting. We stop rebelling. We stop struggling with God. The rest of God is when we are carried or moved along by the Holy Spirit. It's like placing a piece of wood on top of water and the water is carrying the piece of wood. The piece of wood is not resisting the water. That's why the Bible tells us not to resist the Holy Spirit. If we resist the Holy Spirit, it means that we are struggling against him. So when he wants to take us towards the right, we are going towards the left. And when we get into that kind of a situation, we are back into a situation of conflict, sorrow, worries, anxiety on the inside. And when we have no peace on the inside, we will begin to quarrel with everybody external to us. So essentially, unless we submit 100% to the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender to him, we cannot enjoy this peace. Another thing that the rest of God brings is that it allows God's work to be done by God through us. If God is going to do his work through you and I, we must be willing and sanctified vessels. If God is going to do His work through us, we must be surrendered to Him and His will. The promise of God that in this place He will give us peace is contingent upon us surrendering totally to God. Indeed, we can begin to enjoy the rest of God here on the earth. And by the grace of God, when we get to heaven, we will enter into the rest completely, fully. So today, if we are going to claim this promise of God that He will give us rest... It means that we must surrender to Jesus Christ 100%. We must stop resisting the Holy Spirit and we must allow God to do his work through us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to bless your name for this wonderful promise of your rest, this wonderful promise of your peace. Thank you for ending the quarrel that we had with you through Jesus Christ. And thank you for giving us peace amongst ourselves. I pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that you will continue to sanctify us. You will help us to be totally yielded to the Holy Spirit so that you can do your work through us and your name can be glorified and we can continue to enjoy your peace. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.